It's actually kind of creepy when you think about it, because they're always watching you. (laughs) Welcome to Christ in the Chaos, where a pastor's kid and a kids ministry director talk about raising a Christ-centered family. We're not sure we know what we're doing, but we are right in the thick of it. And this is how we're finding Christ in the Chaos. Hello, and welcome back to Christ in the Chaos. I'm Kathleen. Did you forget who you were? I forgot which podcast we were doing. (laughs) I'm Joel. You know, your name is the same no matter what we're doing. Nope, I knew that. I just could not remember (laughs) I was going to say something else, and I... We're on uh, it tonight. I can yeah. already tell. Oh, it's going to be. It's a loose night. It's a loose night. We're talking mm, about mm, modeling mm, behavior, mm. which would be good for you because I've always thought you look like a model. <laughs> look. No. Okay. No. <laughs> Just done. <laughs> but let's... I was going to make some joke about having big shoulders or something, but I'm. That's you just... know what we should do instead? What? Is model good segues. Let's check in. That's a terrible segue. Um, how are you doing? I'm tired. I had a conference last week. I got oh, yeah. sick at the conference. I came home. You went to a conference and yeah. I watched the kids while I was sick. And so I'm tired and I want to go home. And I am home. Uh, and I still somehow want to go home. <laughs> uh, otherwise, I'm doing great. The kids are good. The kids are good. Um, Levi refuses to go to sleep, but... No, he went to sleep. It was fine. It was just a little bit of a, a hiccup, but not a terrible night. Yes. Remember like three weeks ago recorded and we were trying to put him to sleep and it was like 11 o'clock at night and then we ended up yelling at each other. Today was a vast improvement from that uh, day. Well, you have discovered the trick. See, Dane always got very upset when he was in timeout. Levi gets upset, but then refuses to admit that he did anything and then will refuse to admit that he's in timeout. So you say, did you hit your brother? And he'll say, no. And you say, then why are you in timeout? And he'll say, I'm I'm not not in timeout. timeout. (laughs) You are in timeout. No, I'm not. Uh, But you discovered that much like other princes, he has a whipping boy. Turns out if you put his stuffed animal in timeout, (laughs) that is an effective parenting tool. He will do anything to avoid that. And also we have instituted a family tea time at 7 p.m., where the boys get to eat like a cookie and drink milk and we play fancy music and hang out. And I have started threatening taking away tea time. I haven't actually done it yet. Um, and it has whipped that kid into line um, in a way that I did not know was actually possible. I thought he might be a sociopath um, because we could do literally nothing to control his behavior or to bring about obedience. And now we have finally figured something out that he has at least some line. Um, and so we're all happy to learn that. It's punishing Peter Rabbit. <laughs> yes. How are you doing? I am feeling okay today. Yesterday I was overwhelmed by work. Um, Easter is coming. Easter Easter's is kind of a big holiday for our religion. Yeah. I did a, yeah. Easter is coming. I'm very excited. I'm very, I, I feel like there is a lot behind the plans that we have for Good Friday and Easter this year. I feel like. I am well prepared and things are going forward, but I had a block of time in early March where I was working on something um, instead of my job that wasn't really my job. It was for the betterment of the church, but it was not moving towards Easter. And that block of time I spent on that project has thrown me back 
and I'm coming up against Easter and I'm not as prepared as I usually am. And I had a full on breakdown about it yesterday. So what you're saying is everyone out there, call or email your children's ministers, <laughs> volunteer to babysit their kids over the next week, uh, come in and help them with things, no, I, volunteer to help at the actual yes, Easter event. that would be the best thing for um, it. Um, make sure that they have the support that they need. Um, and that's not just true of kids, people. That's true of your pastor and your church media person and your church business lady. And all of us are scrambling and exhausted. And, um, and as we in the church world um, have now realized um, April 28th is a thing or is it at the 28th? And that is the day after Easter or the, sorry, the Sunday after Easter. And it is, a realization that always happens around this time that even though we're all racing towards Easter, um, that there is a Sunday immediately after it and that we have to all get it together and put on another Sunday right, right afterwards. Every week. Every week. It just keeps rolling at us. <laughs> so um, I, I am feeling better today. I got a lot done today. I feel um, like I'm going to be okay, um, but I did not feel that way yesterday. Good. <laughs> so I guess that's a good thing. You can well, hear it in my voice. Yeah, you're modeling <laughs> healthy life balance behavior. Nope, I sure am not. But I never do it Easter. It is like the time to 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 barrel through a little bit. So, hey, before we go on to our topic today, um, I realized that we have had great growth in our listenership, but not great growth in our rating and subscribing on uh, Apple Podcasts. So, if you are a listener. Um, actually, no matter what you listen to us on, though I know the vast majority of you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and subscribe. It is very easy. If uh, you don't know how to do it, Google it. <laughs> you just scroll down. You yeah, click it is, on our podcast. Okay, let's and get real. It's down, not that easy. And there's stars. Um, Hit the fifth star. Yes. Oh, type yeah, something. Give us five stars, even if you don't like us. We're not picky. Yeah. We don't need your authentic rating. Uh, no. Uh, you and know, if you feel compelled to write a written review, that would be great, too. It really helps people find us. It's how Apple decides who to give our podcast to. If there's someone's just looking in, like, Christian podcasts or family podcasts, what podcasts go up there is determined by how many ratings they have, how many five stars they have, how many written reviews they have, and how quickly they get those. Yeah, and the so. other, like, like one of the biggest Christian family—there's not a lot of podcasts like ours— um, the other big Christian family podcast has like 50 ratings and we have like 22. So we're not really that we have, we've got the 50 listeners. If you all would just rate, we would be in good shape. And we all know that when you get to the end of the episode and we start doing the credits and asking you to rate and subscribe, that if you're anything like me listening to podcasts, that's when you stop listening to the podcast. So we're, we're doing a surprise reminder at the beginning today. And on that note, let's get to our topic. modeling behavior for our kids, why it matters, and how to evaluate and adjust it, followed by us going into what we're doing well and what we're not modeling so well. Yeah, I don't like this. Can we go back to the things I'm good at? Uh, we, we did study last week, so <laughs> we're going to have to go back a few weeks yeah. for that to be yeah, a thing. I'm okay with that. Um, okay, so I think that if I have learned anything from kids ministry and being a parent is that your kids do not really care what you say. Um, they care what you do. There are things, learned it from watching you. you no, know, it's uh, it's a real thing. Um, they model they and, and that is biblical and that is um science. Yeah, they're frightening little mirrors that yeah. 
if you want to know what you're like, I, I will say one of my favorite things about my kids is when I hear them treat, um, people well, and I realize they're mimicking me. Um, like Dane the other day at Bel Air goes to, um, the cash, the cashier, he goes, Oh, I like your tattoos. And like, that's something that I would say to a random guy at Bel Air. And I'm thinking, but then it can go the other way. It's not so good. (laughs) He's an honest child, which comes into a problem sometimes. He'd never say, he would never say, I don't like your tattoos. So why modeling behavior is biblical. First looking at, um, first Peter five, one through five, but especially three. And I'll kind of give it a little shout out when we get there. Oh, and a lot of these scriptures today are about the church modeling for new Christians. Um, they're a lot about in the letters and that kind of thing. So I exhort the elders among you as the fellow elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God, you know, like your flock that is among you exercising oversight, not under compulsion, uh, but willingly as God would have you not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Here's the one not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the unfading crown of glory. But that's the whole thing is like, you can't control your kids with words. It comes from showing them how to be, being examples to your own flock. Yeah. I mean, it's something everyone knows intuitively. No one's listening to what you say. They're watching what you do. And yeah. Oh, and then so another one that um, is Matthew 5, 16, which is like, this is one that really just helps me conceptualize what I'm supposed to be like as a Christian, but certainly what I'm supposed to be like as a Christian parent. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see the good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. Um, So there's, first of all, the idea that you're being a model so that your kids will act in the good ways um, that you want them to act. But then there's the idea that you are being a model and that when they see the way they behave, the see the way you behave, they'll realize that you are living your life for God. Um, It points, it's that it's the behavior, your behavior points to God. And that's another important uh, piece there. Yeah. It's a a lot of the behavioral rules in the new Testament weren't really about specific behaviors per se. It was about showing who we were set apart and being set apart. Right. Uh, Titus two, seven and everything set them an example by doing what is good, right? Teaching, show integrity, seriousness. Well, we're kind of failing on the seriousness part for our kids, but I think the we're general idea is there. To be. Yes, that's it, true. But again, it's it's setting that example. It's being an example so that people look at Christians and they see you and not something else. And when your kids... So that they see Jesus and not something else. There you go, that's else. what I meant. And then for your kids, when they want to look around and see what does an adult Christian look like, they look and they see you. So, and aside from the biblical reasons that modeling behavior uh, works and is godly, there's also just, I mean, it, it is one of those ones where the biblical explanation like clearly aligns with science. Um, looking at a study from the Center of Parenting Education, uh, your kids will follow the behavior you model for better or worse. Um, kids who have parents that smoke are more likely to smoke. Kids who have parents that abuse drugs are more likely to use drugs. Kids who are, uh, and alcohol, so drugs and alcohol. Kids who are watch spousal domestic violence are more likely to become um, spouser domestic abusers or victims of it. And kids who um, are victims of abuse themselves are more likely to abuse. Um, so that's depressing. 
Um, but on the good side of that, uh, kids who have parents that experience career success, um, have high self-esteem, academic success, and happy marriages um, also tend to have all of those things in their own life. Um, so it, it's just a real thing. It's like you can't, you cannot teach around being a jerk yourself. You have to set the model. You can't, you can only be what you are. You can't teach them to be something other than what you show them to be. Um, so that requires quite a bit of self-evaluation. Um, and actually, this is kind of one of the points I was thinking about today as I was reflecting on this episode, is that in the last five years, the main thing that has motivated me to be a better person has been setting a better example for my kids. And um, I don't really care that that's not motivated by God or even my sense of self because it has a godly result. But the reality is when it comes to my spiritual life, um, the way I treat people, all of those things, um, if you really take a step back and look at the model you're setting for your kids, it is the most motivating thing um, because I do not want them to have the same struggles that I have. And I do not want them to feel the pain that I have felt. Um, and so use this moment as the moment to look at your own life, think about what you are modeling and what you're setting your kids up for and look through and evaluate it. Yeah. Do I want my kid to do this when they grow up? Do my kid? Do I want my kid to be like me in this way? That is like the fundamental question. When you're looking at what you're doing, do you want your kid to be like you in this way? And if the answer is no, then you have to stop doing it. The reality is like it, we're talking about sin, right? I'm willing to live. We're going to talk about the things that we do badly and the, the sins that we are modeling for our kids. And the reality is I am willing to live with the consequences of sin um, in those ways. Um, the things that I am bad at, the ways that I sin, I'm willing to. But I am not willing to let my kids live with the consequence of sin. Um, so I have to change myself in order to protect my kids from that consequence. So we picked... Three things each. Three things we do good. So technically three six things, things each, we do math not was. so good. All right. I never claimed to be good at math, but we have three things good, three things bad each. So what are your three good things? Okay. So I have, I think, a DIY I put down. Self-sufficiency, I would say. like making things, building things, being fixing able to fix things. things. Yeah. Working on things. Uh, I think... And this is going to sound funny when we get to the things I do badly and when we get to this came up. But my relationship with you, I think, is something I model really well for the I boys. Agree. And then curiosity, just a general thirst for knowledge, a thirst to learn, a thirst to to see things. I'm very thirsty. I need to get water. <laughs> uh, just just general curiosity and loving learning, a love of learning and reading and fun. Yeah. When I asked you those to come up with them, you I thought you nailed them. Also being good at listing things. <laughs> what are your three good things? Uh, my three good things is I think I am a strong leader. I think um, I treat people with less power than me well. And um, I also um, model a sense of whimsy. Um, or I don't know what the word is, um, but it has something to do with my ability to do VBS dances in a 
group of like 200 adults and not care um, that nobody thinks it's cool. <laughs> um, so what do you mean? Like, what do you mean by your your DIY side of it? Like, what is good about that? Well, I think it's good just generally to be able to do things, to be able to work on things, to be able to fix things. Be able to take care of stuff when something breaks to be able to fix it so that it's not an emergency. You don't have to buy a new one. It's not it's less wasteful. Also, I think it's a lot of fun. I think there is a a spiritual component to building things. I mean, God was a carpenter. I feel like you're stretching. I feel like the, no, I feel like what is good about this is that you have an attitude that things are um, things that are put in front of you are yours to deal with. Um, and you do do this. You fix our house. You build things that you want to see. But in ministry, when there's a new person, it's your responsibility to contact them. When somebody needs help, it's your responsibility to get up and grab the offering plate. You take this attitude of it's not somebody else's job into everything you do. And um, it it does manifest itself in the way you build and take care of our house. But it also manifests itself in um, it's you just don't have the attitude that's somebody else's problem. And I think that that is something I do want my kids to have. Yeah. Um, that's, hey, that was good leadership. Mm, oh, yes. Um, so I have, I realized as I th- reflected on this, that my parents modeled um, exactly what I'm about to describe. And I picked up on it very hardcore. Um, the sense of personal responsibility for what the group needs. Um, if something needs to be done, it's actually very similar. Um, it's my responsibility to do more than my share of the work. Um, I work harder than I than my share. I do it with integrity and I try to model um, that kind of servant leadership um, that I am in charge and um, I am in charge by getting people what they need and um, inspiring people to work through my own hard work. Yeah, and you probably have to stretch slightly less to find biblical basis for being a good serving, leader yes. and serving others. Oh, uh, yes, I have it. Mark 10, uh, 42 and 45. And Jesus called them and said, you know, those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and the great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be a slave to all. For even the son of man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Um, and that is like so much of the basis of, of um, biblical leadership. And um, even though my parents didn't, aren't like church going Christians, um, they, they modeled that very strongly. And I hope that I model that very well for my own kids. All right. My second one is my, I'm not going to say the way I treat you, but yeah, my relationship oh, that is what with it, you. No, it's the way you I, treat me. You, I feel like I should gush about this. Um, gush away. You are. People don't listen to this to listen to me talk. No, but you are truly, um, I, not to demean you as a parent, but you are a, you are like a, a, a five-star spouse. You always take care of me. You always put my needs first. You do that Ephesians 525 husband loves your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You are it's the sacrificial love. It's like it, it manifests itself in every single one of these podcasts um, that I'm taking care of. I work really hard, but I only can do it because that you, you Ephesians 525 me so well. And your dad modeled that so well 
for you. And as much as I could bag on your dad every day, all day long, um, I thank God for that every day because you are such an excellent spouse. Um, but I think it, it again comes back to the Ephesians. Love your wives as Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? The church needed he gave. Yep. They needed, we needed salvation. He gave us salvation. What did it cost? It doesn't matter. You just do it because that's what the family needs. Um, my next one was the treatment of people with like less power. Um, the reality is that we are educated, um, white, wealthy, and I can see um, not not like a lot of people, but you know that that kind of sense of entitlement that people be treated a certain way, um, that or that it's okay to act a certain way, to talk down to people. Um, I do not buy into that. I think that I. I really believe and I try to model for the kids every day that God has a purpose and a plan for every person, that God wants us to treat every person with love and respect. And um, when I talk to people and about people after we've left and Dane's asked me questions about, you know, like, why does that guy's dog, why is it missing a leg or why is he sitting on the floor like that? And all like, I try to talk about people with dignity, and I try to treat people with that dignity. That's a very specific example. It came up today. I, um. Yeah. I think you, you treat, right? How do you treat waitresses? I think you treat them like a friend. And like you, Daniel and Maria and Anthony yeah. from Denny's. Oh, like your friends. <laughs> Oh. And I think that's and I and it's not Daniel and Maria and Anthony. It's Miss Maria, Mr. Daniel, and Mr. Anthony, um, because that is part of it. Is teaching them that yeah, if I'm going to call um, their preschool teachers by a, an article in their name, that I'm going to teach say the same thing about the waiter and waitress at Denny's. We won't get into how disrespectful it is to use someone's familiar. Oh my name gosh! Children, but anyways, it, my favorite part about this is we were talking about, you were like, oh, I just can't find, you know, I know it's important, but I can't find any biblical, like a specific on point it wasn't really... reference to, you know, treating people. And I'm like, well, you know, there's the big one, right? Mark, Matthew, nope, Mark. Well, it's Mark 10, no. No, Matthew 25, Matthew. 40. Whatever uh, you did for the least of these. Whatever you did for the least of Yeah, I know, but it's a me. little different because that's really to me about... um. serving them and not just the way you treat them. It's about treating everyone as though they are Christ because everyone is Okay, fair. Yes. Okay. Right? It's um, the great theologian Robert Heinlein would say, thou art God. Um, He's not a theologian. He's a sci-fi writer for those of you who weren't 13. This I grot grass? Yes. Okay. Good job. Right? Everyone has God in them. We're all made in God's image and you treat everyone like the Sons and daughters of God that they are. Uh, you had curiosity. And aren't we all wondering what I meant about that? <laughs> I should have said humor. I should have said humor. No, you're not funny. You wish you were funny, but you're not. You are curious. I'm so funny. And I do love that about you and your whole family. Yeah. we. My I, mother particularly, I think, is mm-hmm. a very yes. curious person, I would call her. She likes to investigate things. She just came back from D.C. and she comes back. She goes, oh, we saw Gettysburg and it was fascinating. And the thought that I came to my mind is like, oh, man, I wish I was going to think Gettysburg was fascinating. But I just <laughs> know I'm going to go someday and be like, eh. This is, we had a big argument in Rome, like our once in a lifetime trip. <laughs> we had an 
our the school was, we went to had a summer school thing. I was very dehydrated on and this trip. And we're in Rome looking at the forum where like all the Caesar stood where the Senate held. And it was I was like, this is so cool. And she was like, it's dirty and hot. I want to go home. Yep. I wish uh, I was curious the way you are. And I'm yeah. glad that you are in our family to model it. And I think it's good behavior just practically to have curiosity about things to about keep history, stretching your mind about nature yeah. about Learn science. where we're from so we can see where we're going i have tried also, to pick that up from you as well to some extent yeah. i've tried to care more and i think it's you know god created a world for us and he created us to learn he gave yeah. us minds he gave us knowledge i agree i'm just not good right at that the one. fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and instruction right only an idiot wouldn't <laughs> Wouldn't care about learning. Even Jesus went to, right when he was a kid, he went to the temple and he got lost there and his mom got really mad at him and probably beat him because he was learning, right? Where was Jesus? He was with the I love that conversation with God. Mary, yes. Remember when I told you he was my son? Yeah, but I was terrified. Yeah, but can we not, like, I got to get, he's got to live to 33. Take him off the leash. Yeah. No, no, he's a runner. Um, and he can run on water. That's just cheating for a toddler. Yes. Um, speaking of silly things, let's talk about your silly things. Um, I, I like about myself and hope that my, I, I want my kids to be able to dance in middle school. Um, I don't, I, one of the things that I didn't necessarily have in middle school, but I do have now with a real intensity is a lack of caring what other people think. Um, and I think of Romans 12 too, which do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And a lot of times in ministry, it requires me to do things, um, that would be embarrassing or degrading or, um, child you know like too kitty for a lot of people and i have never cared and especially for the purposes of ministry i would do the most embarrassing and i have done some pretty embarrassing things for by the standards of the world um but god has called me to that and i hope that my kids are not um conformed by the opinions of others um when they're faced with their call from god oh, man that first and i hope time that that model comes home and goes i can't wear this shirt you know Joe thinks it's stupid. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, no, he already did it. When he was like three, he came home from preschool and said, bah, bah. I'm not going to use the kid's name, even though I'd like to. So it doesn't like my curly hair. And I was like, well, <laughs> well, she... <laughs> I, I've never thought I love kids and I've never thought, thought such mean things about a, a three or four year old kid. Right? Uh, well, that was fun talking about all the things we do well. <laughs> Let's end the episode there. What are... The three things you don't do well. I do not model a good relationship with food or a healthy relationship with food. I am basically the opposite kind of spouse you are. Um, and I don't want that for them. And I am kind of self-absorbed and vain. And um, I don't want to model that either. <laughs> Gosh, this is really fun. <laughs> Your brother and I were just making fun of the fact that you are our... Most loyal podcast listener. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, I will say in defense of the fact that I listen to our own podcast is that when we process it one time, it does not sink in particularly well. But if I listen to the podcast back once or twice, it's like the things that we talk about, I internalize and then they actually affect my life. So, I'm yes. I'm sorry. I got, 
you, you had me at once or twice. No, I, I, I probably listened to every podcast beyond the edit one or two times. But the thing is, these are the, the conversations about what's going on in our life and how we're going to go forward in the future. And I will defend that decision because I, this is not enough for me to internalize this stuff. No. We don't get to defend our bad too. Okay. Oh, dang it. Ma, I'm very... I have some too. Don't worry. Go. What I, are yours? I don't have a healthy relationship with electronics, specifically take... my phone. Yep. Um, and no one can take it away anymore. I don't have a healthy relationship with exercise, mm-hmm. ironically. And I... In my communication with you, I have trouble with patience. I think I do well in my relationship with you, but communicating with you i don't think i model patient understanding communication with my spouse hmm. i was just gonna start with food um since i was 11 i have over eat i've been an overeater um i used to eat three double doubles and three fries when i'd go to in and out or two footlongs if i went to subway or four plain cheeseburgers and a large fry at McDonald's. Um, I have like self-medicated and used um, food as my like coping mechanism um, for my whole life. And um, I can already, I've already passed my like love of McDonald's onto my kids, which I hate. It was like one of the things I said I would never do. Um, And here's, Here's a scripture that is like almost too literal to be right. But then as I kept thinking about it, it really was the perfect one. The, um, this is talking about um, uh, non-Christians around the time of the early Christian church. Yeah. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and their glory and their shame with their minds set on earthly things. And the reality is that when I am stressed, tired, scared, anxious, uh, I eat. And that's how I cope. Today, I was anxious about Easter and I ate a burrito and I got full and I kept eating and I kept eating and I kept eating way beyond when I was full to the point where I was almost sick because I was so anxious that that was my way of dealing with it. And I did pray too. So yay me. Um, but it's, I, I ate and I couldn't stop eating because the anxiety was not going away. And I know my kids are going to pick up on that. Yeah. Well, especially Levi eats when he's sad. Yep. Yes. Uh, when he's upset, he likes like cookies or treats, especially sweet things. He gets that from me. Yes, um, he's the sweet tooth he gets from you when he becomes like 350 pounds at like 5'3", which is how tall he's going to be. That'll be my fault. I mostly just eat when I'm bored. I also play on my phone when I'm bored. Yes. What, what do you use to cope with anxiety, stress, and the boredom? It's not even the anxiety, of stress. Being... It's just, I don't know. Uh, it's it's uh, It's that drug of the, right, the electronic drug of the buttons, the lights, the, the flashing, the whatever new notifications coming in whatever shiny game the dopamine jump the dopamine rush of the phone which you get very honestly yeah but we all do i mean yeah you look around the room and everyone kids these days no old people these days yeah i love the pictures of like old people all on their phones right because it is fun but i can see it in dane will carry around a toy phone and then he'll leave the room and go oh forgot my phone and go like get his little like plastic toy phone that does nothing. It's yeah. just a plastic brick with a sticker on it. I can see me in him, and I have been trying oh. very hard to put my phone down when I'm around them because it, you know, it's it's something that comes between my relationship with my children, my relationship with my spouse, my relationship with my friends. It 
it's an idol, right? That's like commandment number one. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no gods before me. Period. Even if Steve Jobs made that little magic god in your hand. Right? It's the first one. And uh, it's something I struggle <laughs> with. Jesus did not free us from the law so that we could break that one and become obsessed with our phones. Right. Um, number two for me is that I am a... Here's the, here's the list I wrote for myself. I am mean. I lack empathy. Um, and when it fundamentally comes down to that, I do not want my kids to marry a woman who treats them the way I treat you. Um, One second, let me hit save really quick. <laughs> no, it's, um, I just, you, if you spoke to me the way I spoke to you, and this is maybe sexist, but I would consider it abusive. Um, it's not all the time. It's, and honestly, we've had a really, I think a really strong, good stretch. Um, and it's been a lot better since the kids have been older and more functional on their own. But I would say. The lack of sleep never helped yep. either of us. But when my filter came down, and that's what worries me. When I was too exhausted to behave myself and to filter myself, I was mean and I was, and I didn't care what you needed because my needs were so immediate and I was so exhausted. Um, and I don't, I'm sure, I don't think it's likely in a, um, assuming our kids are straight and assuming our, our kids have wives, um, that they're going to end up like me and treat their spouses the way I treat you. But I also don't want them to marry someone who treats well, them. Dane's already picked out his spouse, and I'm not yeah. worried about it. No, she is a sweetheart. Um, um. <laughs> but also, y'all, she's being she's being hard on herself. She's I, she's not all that. But you know what I mean. I do. But also, one thing you do really well is you do exercise a lot. <laughs> you take care of your body. I um got sick like a year ago, and was like, "Oh, wait till I feel better to exercise." <laughs> <laughs> and um. I haven't like done that yet. No, you really. I, it's just a, you know, it's, I don't have time. I don't have energy. I just, I need to get back into it. And I know, right. Your body is a temple of the Holy spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own. You have been bought for a price. So glorify God and take care of your body. Oh, it didn't say and have another Twinkie. (laughs) Okay. First of all, I'm Twinkies. I'm not a millionaire. I have the off-brand, whatever they are, zingers. Um, no, I, I will. I will say. I think in your defense, you did not grow up as an athlete, and you did not have um, a model of parents that exercised the way my parents exercised. Actually, the local owner of a the gym in our town gave my dad a free membership in the hopes that he would exercise. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my mom always exercised. Yeah, well, she mom, was an athlete. My sister was an athlete. But your yeah, mom my dad, is the sort of person that's just straight up active enough where she doesn't need to do, do like the treadmill because she hasn't stopped walking for the last seven hours. Um, 70 years. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just, I need to get back on it. I need to eat better and just take care of myself because God gave me a beautiful family and I should probably be around to see them grow old. Mm, mm, mm. Um, speaking of beautiful family, um, my last one is that I'm self-absorbed and vain. Um, and that has always been the case since I was a little kid. Um, I, 
don't know if it had to do with like success as a young kid um, in swimming, which I think gave me like very, like very high self-esteem um, or being a middle child or something. But I have always been kind of all about me. Not that I don't care about other people in the sense that like when I think about them, um, I care, but it's just that I don't think about them. (laughs) Um, So I went to Philippians 2, 3, and 4, do nothing for self as ambition or conceit. Okay, I do everything for that. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Don't do that. Let each of you look not only to his interest, but also to the interests of others. Um, which I think I do better. It's you that first half that kills interest, me. You, I think we're both a little, um, going to say narcissistic. Navel gazers is the term that um, I... Uh, when your navel's this good no, looking. No, nar- narciss- narcissism is like, not it's clin- more I'm not problematic. I'm not making a diagnosis. Yeah, okay. But a little bit of the, we enjoy the sound of our own voice, he says into the podcast <laughs> that he uh, created so he could listen to himself talk. All right, describe to me how you're not patient. It's not that I'm not patient. It's that when we talk or when we have a disagreement, um, and this will in the this came up, it's going to come up, and we, especially when we're tired, when we're stressed out, when I feel like you are being unreasonable or irrational, and I, I guess I just I'm snappy. I don't think of you as talk. snappy. I snap at you. I say mean things. I take digs. They're a little more subtle than your digs, but they're there and you are a kinder person than I am. So they hurt you more. Yeah. And I feel bad. And it's not like I have a good example in 1 Corinthians 13, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It is proud. It doesn't dishonor. It's not self-seeking. It doesn't get angry. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Uh, uh, You're not bad at that stuff. It, I feel so bad. You're a I, B I plus so at that stuff. Bad at, and You're, I come at you, and then, and then I, don't I will think pout and being tell you apologize, and then <laughs> okay, just, yeah, you do do that, <laughs> and you fall for it every time because you're such a nice person. Oh, but I cry, and then you apologize. So That's it just depends I on who gets there first. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like you never cry on purpose. No, that's true. You just are I've always. I've just always crying. been a crier. And it goes back to what was like our first or second episode, right? It is not me versus you. It is us versus anger. It is us versus divorce. It is us versus impatience. And it's not. It is us versus sin. I'm not scoring a goal for me. Jesus is on our team. Yeah. I'm every time I mean, I score a goal for unkindness. And then I'm like, yeah, I scored. And then it's like, oh, wait, it's unkindness one, our marriage zero, Brad. So it, yeah, just being nicer when we argue or not arguing would be a great start is something I want to work on. So those are the things that we're bad at, but we do not have to be that way forever. One of the things that I've learned in the last um, really year is the idea of, um, this is from, literally, she just did a podcast on it, so I feel like I really need to be careful about giving credit. Um, Laura Casey, who wrote um, Cultivate Your Life, um, talks about breaking out of your identity box. So basically, that is um, who I am and what I do um, does not have to be who I am and what I do forever. Your behavior can change. Who you are and who you've identified yourself at your core can change. 
um, by setting small attainable goals um, to change that trait of behavior. So for a perfect example, my self-absorption, um, I have a planner that every day, or not every day, I have like week things and daily things um, to rem- remind me like, hey, check in with your best friend. Send a text to this person about their pregnancy um, because I don't think about them. Um, but I, they are on my checklist because I don't want mm-hmm. to be self-absorbed. I w- and I, my hope is and my goal is that if I make myself disciplined about considering them, that I will start to change and consider them. I think that's an important point is don't try and change your heart, change your behavior and your heart will follow. Mm-hmm. Because if you say, well, I'm going to be a nicer person and think about people and then you won't. But if you start doing those things, you'll become the type of person who does those things. <laughs> and if your kids see you doing those things, yes, they will model that behavior because they think that's how the world works. And then because that's what they do, it will be who they are because they're becoming who they are right now. And that's kind of the whole point of modeling behavior. Okay, so let's get to our next segment. So that came up. The thing that came up this week hit me a little hard. Kathleen was having a bad moment. Um, We had taken two cars to go somewhere and she was, I was driving her to her car in the parking lot and we were kind of snipping back and forth. I would say being snappy at each other. And you said something and I was just done with it. And I said, just get, go drive around the block a couple of times till you've calmed down. And then you got out of the car and I kind of huffily drove off feeling very righteous in my having made sure you knew you were at fault for the argument. And then Levi was in the backseat babbling, just literally babbling. Like doing scat. Mm-hmm. And Dane looked at him and said, Leap, stop that. It's weird. And I was like, oh, like it was that, it wasn't necessarily what he said. It was the tone of voice. It was it the was exact like snap that we both use. When we were snapping, and I was like, oh, no, hey, let's use our kind words. Mm-hmm. And it just, it it hit pretty hard on the subject, because we had been talking about modeling. What are we going to talk about in the podcast? Mm-hmm. And on the subject of them seeing what you do and then doing it. <laughs> it was just immediate. And it wasn't, Levi wasn't hurting him. He wasn't upsetting him. He was just talking. Yeah. And he was like, stop talking, Levi. Stop making that noise. It's weird. It doesn't like he, mean like, anything. Like he was trying to come up with a way to be yeah, like us. And he just, oh, that's depressing. But yeah. also makes it a very uh, on the nose podcast for this week. We need some help. Pray us out. Lord, help us to be the kind of people that live lives that we want for our kids. Um, help us to not pass our own sins and the consequences of our own sins onto our kids. Fill us with your spirit. Show us how to be, show us how to model you. Help us look to you so that we can model to them how to be like you and help us to bridge that gap between you and our kids. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please take a second to rate and subscribe to this podcast. It helps others to find us and to be hashtag blessed by the discussions that we have here. 
If you want to contact us, you can reach us on Instagram at Christ in the Chaos, or you can email us at Christ in the Chaos Pod at email.com. Until next week, we hope you have a peaceful week. But even if you don't, remember that you can find us and Jesus waiting for you in the chaos.